0: Hello, welcome to the Future Proof podcast from the north of England with Sarah Hall and Stephen Waddington. We'll be talking about what's hot and what's not on the internet in marketing, the media and public relations. Hello, my name's Stephen Waddington and I'm sat with Sarah Hall. Sarah has just announced that she's running as a candidate in the CIPR election for president in 2018. And we thought it'd be good to do a special edition of the Future Proof podcast talking about her ambition and and rationale for for doing this. So, Sarah, let's start right up front. Um, You were on board and council uh, and saw the highs and lows in 2014 when I was president. It's a big job. Why do you think now is the time for you?
1: For me? Well, I think probably the best place to start in terms of me is actually my history with the CIPR. So, I've um, volunteered with the CIPR for 17 years now. Don't look that old. (laughs) Ha 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 That's a good way to go on. We're going to get on very well today. Um, And um, I've basically volunteered in lots of different guises and and seen it from all different perspectives. And by that, I mean that I started out um, volunteering with the CIPR committee here in the North East. Then I moved on to board and council and um, have chaired different committees. So I chaired a professional practices committee. I oversaw a volunteer review. And I've seen the CIPR through three relocations and I've had to be a bit of a critical friend at times because you can imagine at that time it's been a, a bumpy ride occasionally. Um, So that's kind of what's brought me here today. I've seen it and I think that I can add value at the highest level. The
0: the CIPR is is a membership organisation. It's entirely democratic. There's 10,000 and odd um, members. Um, It's made up of a board and council and sectoral groups and regional groups. Each of those groups is completely dependent on volunteers for running. It's supported at the centre. by a staff that punches um, in my view above its, above its weight um, wh- why the highest role why now?
1: I guess it's a really good question because I've thought long and hard and people have come to me over the years and said why why don't you stand and to be honest I've not had the fire in my belly to do it and it's not been the right time for me but um, with the work that I've done through Future Proof and um, through the thought leadership I have through the community uh, I've got a real view to the horizon I understand the context that, context that uh, public Relations is is uh, operating in right now. Um, we have an idea of, of what's on the horizon. And I really believe that while the CIPR is doing a fantastic job, it needs additional help to modernise and modernise more quickly.
0: And you think you're the person to do that. Let's talk about why you think you're the person to do that. You've The candidate statements have, have been published. There's three people uh, running for, for the role. Um, um voting starts on on September the 12th um, amongst the the membership of uh, 10,000 members in your candidate statement um, it's very pragmatic uh, and you've essentially set out a plan for for your year as um, as president-elect and then then mm-hmm. president starts with three strategies that roll up to the CIPRs three-year strategic plan let's go through those um, one by one tell me um, go about the first one about vision
1: sure and you should just say as well that if anybody does want to look at the candidate statements you can get them at cipr.co.uk so you can find all all three of us there but in terms of my particular manifesto you're right there were three very clear areas for me and the first is about the CIPR um, asserting its vision and its place within society and industry um, and about aligning its purpose and its offer accordingly and by that I mean the world around us is is changing all the time. We, we all struggle, I would say, with the with the pace of change um, just in terms of, well, look at what's happened since Brexit, um, look at the different tools and technology that, that keep appearing. Um, and like, like you've mentioned, the CIP has a very small team. I think I can come in with um, some similar, like-minded uh, other volunteers and help it move forward and um, align its offer with what people want. And by that I mean that at the moment uh, I think the, the CIPR has an offer that, that appeals to a certain subset of people but the sector is actually growing and diversifying and we need to to widen that offer a, a lot more and then um, we'll be in a lot um, a very positive place going forward.
0: So that's point one, point two um, is focused on
1: Pretty much my future proof work. Future
0: proof work and, yeah. and management discipline. But importantly, taking that out to employees in the business community.
1: Yeah, huh? I think that's critical because, um, you know, I'm on this big um, drum banging exercise to, to make sure that people understand public relations is. And should be used as a management discipline and uh, the value it can add to to organisations and that's really important first off that we start with PR practitioners uh, themselves so that we all look at what our individual CPD needs are and and fill the gaps accordingly using ideally the global alliance competency framework but that only works when also employers in the business community understand uh, what we're telling them and actually understand how they can use PR strategically so for me, there's very much uh, a role in terms of partnering with business organisations and uh, other trade associations, for example, to get that message out there.
0: So, that's something that's picked up in you you put out, laid out five pledges as well. We'll come back to that because um, that network effect, I believe, is, is, is critical, interesting, We're stronger, and important.
1: Stronger together.
0: Yeah. So, so, let's go to the third one uh, member recruitment and better, better serving the breadth of the industry. What's
1: yeah. That? I mean, this is quite interesting. So, for as long as I can remember, and we've mentioned how long I've been volunteering with the Institute, but um, we've since sat Since I was 16. Ever, since I was tiny, yes, I was, you know, tiny, tiny. But um, we've always hovered around the 9,000, 10,000 uh, member number, and we haven't shifted from that. Uh, and I think, you know, we really need to address that. So it'd be great to push out and do new members. But it's back to what I said before, you know, you look at the WPP report and other industry reports, this is a growing industry. Uh, our membership should be growing accordingly but not just that you've got a convergence of disciplines so we should be you know people in SEO you know now work within PR we we use them all the time we need to appeal to those people too.
0: Yes so that's an important point actually every uh, every piece of data seems to point to an industry that in, 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 in its purest sense is growing but then also as you say as we add new areas to what we do um, is also picking up growth too, so there's an opportunity there. Something Jason McKenzie's focused on for he's the president in in 2017, yeah. uh, and and Sue's key as part to, to part of his pledges. So that's the three um, three strategies: vision and place within society, public relations as a management discipline, and then um, um, seeking new members and 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 better serving serving the breadth of our business. Um, those are backed up by five pledges. Now, yep. this is something that, that um, um, I think I, I kind of set myself up to f- fail in hindsight uh, by doing this because I came up with ten pledges at the end of the year. Um, uh, at the end of twenty fourteen, I'd only achieved. Four, I think I said four and a half, or, or the
1: powerhouse awards of of only got
0: through four or five. <laughs> uh, but you know, you 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 only have a year. Well, you have to. T- you have a year in, a year as, as president, and, and a you've year got to finish
1: off. You know what the last president's doing. There's, you know, that's what people. So continuity have to is key. Yeah, absolutely. But, but these
0: are the five. So notwithstanding, these are the five things you, you're, you're. I think these are very on.
1: sensible, common sense approach that actually. Get, shows hopefully hopefully this demonstrates to people that I have got the corporate memory and understand how it works like could come in and very practically pick up the reins and hopefully take the CIPR forward
0: so let's hit them one by one. First yeah. of all and they all they're all rooted in your 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 vision so, and three strategies so first one organizational empowerment and transparency
1: yeah in the hustings last week I was asked what would my first priority be um, if I was elected, and this one kind of plays to this point in terms of it would be to ensure the viability and sustainability of the CIPR so that's you know through uh, making sure its finances are shored up um, so that means scrutiny and robust business practices working with the board and the team there uh, to ensure that obviously there's good governance and best practice
0: you, there's also a point here about um
1: Transparency. transparency
0: in media. Yeah. You, you're wanting to bring back the quarterly reporting and then engagement through Twitter chats. I think that's particularly brave, but why do you think those are important?
1: Um, well, quarterly reporting, when you introduced that, that went down a storm with the membership. And I think it's absolutely critical, both because actually there's demand there, but uh, and actually it helps get the message out what the great work that CIPR is doing. Um, and obviously we've got Influence Magazine now, which is brilliant um, media that they've introduced. But I I just think in terms of transparency, and so members actually know what's happening at the core of the Institute, it's absolutely critical.
0: So let's move on to the second point, Um, membership and wider engagement. and, And you're using Future Proof as a model here, right?
1: yeah absolutely and i think that's been a fantastic um you know experience in terms of getting to this point and, and making me feel ready to 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 push for this um so You know, using modern media, I've done it through FutureProof twice now, and i would look to crowdsource conversation with members and non-members, and that's about the future of the profession, where the CIPR sits within that, because I'd be quite interested to know about perception versus reality, and also, um, this gives us the information in terms of what the CIPR's vision and role should be. And as part of this, I think it's really, really important that um, council members and the board, in fact, are empowered to build relationships. And that's both with the different groups and and committees operating uh, within the CIPR, but also professional organisations. And that works in terms of taking out that message about PR as a management discipline more widely. So
0: when council was slimmed down in 2014, um, we we lost that direct representation uh, from every regional and sectoral group um, directly on to, to council. Do you think that is was a, a mistake? Is that a bit of a blind spot?
1: Uh, well I do wonder in hindsight actually because it looked on the face of it like a really good idea um, but um, actually we do need uh, wider representation and actually to understand what's happening in the different regions and industries so it is worth looking at again more closely well, and just how, and just that decision making capability I'll well, be in interested to view. see
0: if you know marking, uh, giving People on board and council responsibility for a, a sector group. Well, you know, managing a relationship with a sector group or a regional group. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, so, final point there, and it's not just internal audiences; it's external audiences as well through other professional organisations like Very the IOD.
1: So. Okay, so on that. To that point, I think it's really important for me to say that I very much believe in working with other organisations, particularly the professional bodies. There are times, and I've said this before, we're stronger together, and um, we need a united voice. There are some issues where we should collaborate with, for example, I'm going to say it, the PRCA. Now, I've got a working relationship with the PRCA. Uh, I know that the door is open there, and I'd be very happy to to pull together a working group to, to make that happy and look at the areas where we can collaborate in a very positive fashion for everybody's benefit.
0: Moving quickly on, actually no, (laughs) you're going to write a blog, you should write a blog about that. Um, It's in the works, promise. um, Because yeah, inevitably uh, it's already been raised as an issue on Twitter. Well people
1: want to know Uh, if it's a conflict for me, it's not because if I was elected as CIPR president-elect of course the CIPR's best interest is going to be at heart, my heart, and that's going to be the priority but I do think we have to be grown up bearing in mind the environment we're operating in.
0: Third point, career journey for members.
1: Yeah, so this is a really fascinating one and something that I feel very, very passionate about. Um, we have charter now, the chartered um, the status at the CIPR and I think the team there have done a fantastic job and everybody on the working party in modernising that and they've got the offer absolutely right. However, for me, um, training and calls as an offer isn't quite right yet. And I'd love to go in there and see if I could um, help um, make that right. Um, so for example, at the moment, there isn't really a clear member journey so that of, of where you should be and what competencies you should have, whether you're entry middle or senior level, as a practitioner. So for me, I go in there, I think there's a gap analysis to be done um, between the current offer and, for example, the Global Alliance's competency framework, and then we have to look at how do we plug those gaps. And again, that's not just about the CIPR delivering training and calls alone, it's about which external providers can we team with and how do we plug those gaps and widen the offer and the appeal to others who are within PR but perhaps not what people might term traditional public relations practitioners.
0: And you think the organisation is broad enough to to uh, embrace these other disciplines it's back to your point about um, uh, uh, the, the strategic point you make up front about Um, seeking new members uh, no absolutely
1: and it's not even just about um, you know other members in terms of um, those within SEO as I've mentioned before it's actually about all of us having business uh, competencies and uh, you know understanding um, finance these are all things that we should all have as practitioners because ultimately uh, we're supposed to be a strategic advisor at boardroom level and we can't do that if we, st- if we get stuck at tactical
0: okay, entry so, level. So we talked about organisation empowerment and transparency. We've done membership and wider engagement. Uh, your second point, we've talked about the career journey for, for members. Fourth is industry leadership. Yeah. Uh, so, this this uh, is a direct response to the Charter vision, right?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we should uh, be proud of the Charter and protect it. So I'd speak out publicly on behalf of the CIPR and the prof- profession uh, on its behalf. And I think it's also about doing a bigger push in terms of... Uh, a C- uh, PR's reputation itself, uh, you know, every single year, countless times I see PR needs to PR itself. Well, we could do a bigger push there. We've got influence. It's fantastic. We can use that more. And um, that would definitely be a key part of my own office if elected.
0: Okay. Um, are there any areas where you particularly think the organ, the organ, well, it's not even the CIPR, it's public relations in general and Could could get some easy wins?
1: Well, I think, obviously, post-Brexit, this whole helping businesses and government navigate the uncertainty over the coming months, um, that's one very obvious one. Um, I think in terms of ethics, it's very important um, that that we use that, um, that we embed it in everything we do, of course, but that actually we talk about um, best practice and um, perhaps...
0: No. I, I was actually trying to lead you into point five, Were which, you? Is, oh, the was, which is campaigning issues. You have issues, to more
1: direct, Stephen.
0: But, but you've 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 given away. Well, so you've you've mentioned Brexit. You've um you've mentioned ethics, but there are some areas where you particularly want to campaign on. Yeah. Um,
1: Close to my heart, gender, for example. Gender, go on. Yeah, so um, gender is a great one. People will know that I've worked uh, on gender pay gap. Um, activity with the CIPR in the past uh, two years to eighteen months ago, we got in um, Sheila Wildman Equal Pay Portal to help us develop policy, and which has been fantastically successful. Um, but there's still more to do. So I believe the CIPR um, needs to start to show best practice, and I would certainly want to establish a staff salary scale and diversity register, a bit like um, the leading accountancy practices have done. You know, they they do audits every single year, and they look at everything from who have they recruited, where do they come from. Um, what's their socio-economic background, what's their ethnic background and then they look at things like who have they promoted, what's the uh, gender balance in terms of those promotions, they put it against, um, you know, they look at um, salary scales and make sure that it's very fair and they're completely transparent about it. So for me I'd certainly want to do that at the CIPR and to help provide guides so that our members and non-members in fact can follow suit.
0: I'm exhausted. <laughs> we, this,
1: haven't, we haven't got started yet. We haven't got
0: started No, but this, <laughs> this, is, this is the most serious podcast we've ever recorded. I suppose mm. it's a very serious issue, isn't it? No, absolutely. Um, You've
1: got to take it seriously. And um, I don't underestimate the level of work it's going to take. But... What I've tried to do is be very practical with the pledges, with stuff that I can set KPIs against and people can monitor and hopefully they'll want to get involved too because it's things that are close to their hearts. Because Before I even decided to stand, I spent six months talking to members and non-members. I have a fairly reasonable view about where the CIPR stands and what perceptions are and where its offer is um, and I'm just keen to shore
0: that up. Sarah, it's been good to talk. This has been a very special edition of the Future Proof podcast. I wish you all the best in your campaign. And when you're successful, I'll be there to support you in any way that I can. Thank you for listening to the Future Proof podcast with Sarah Hall and Stephen Waddington. You can follow Sarah on Twitter, at Hallmeister, that's H-A-L-L-M-E-I-S-T-E-R, and Stephen at Wads, W A D S. -S 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 For more information about Future Proof, visit futureproofingcoms.co.uk. Until next time, see you on the internet.